0: Looking to improve your employee retention? Start by perfecting your onboarding and training experience for new hires. Check out Trainual to see how they can help you scale your growth and make onboarding easier and more efficient than ever. Check out the link in the show description or on the Manufacturing Culture Podcast partner page at manufacturingculturepodcast.com.
1: Hello and welcome
0: to the Manufacturing Culture Podcast, where we explore company culture in the fascinating world of manufacturing. I'm your host, Jim Mayer. This week, we have an exceptional group of guests uh, joining us from the MoCo CTE program in Spencerport, New York. I want to introduce a true hero in the manufacturing industry, Scott Prince, and a group of young people who are the future of manufacturing. Scott is a seasoned professional in the welding industry with over 30 years of experience and a background in pipe welding, process piping, and pressure vessels. Currently holding certifications as a CWI CWE and a level two in NDT with expertise in visual testing, magnetic particle testing, and penetrant testing processes, Scott is a driving force behind a two-year program for junior and senior students. With a combined total of 80 students, the program offers a range of learning opportunities, including arc welding, plasma, fabrication layout, and blueprint reading. In this episode, we'll dive into the importance of manufacturing education and how programs like these shape the industry's future, as well as pick the minds of the future of the industry to see what their challenges are and what they're looking for in their careers from companies that employ them. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the culture of manufacturing. Hey, Scott, how are you doing today? i'm good yourself i'm doing fantastic man i really appreciate having you on uh you guys taking the time out of your busy days and and course schedules and everything to to join us thank you very much No, thank you we've been looking forward to this we've been We've been waiting. <laughs> well, let's wait no, no longer. Let's let's get this kicked off. So, Scott, I know you have a couple of current students, uh, a couple of former students, and, and another uh, special guest with, uh, with you today. Uh, can you introduce uh, the students and, and your other guests there?
2: I sure can. So, I have with me my current
0: students, Mika and Noah.
2: We have two former students, like I said, who are on their way. And I have uh, Nate Bowman. We refer to him as the weld scientist. He's a very good friend of mine, very knowledgeable, and very big with the educational part of our industry.
0: That's awesome. Nate, welcome. Thanks for being on. Hey, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Nate, tell us a little bit about uh, this weld scientist and, and, and what your role is here with the program.
3: Yeah. So, I, um, You know, I own a company called Weld Science and I'm the Director of Welding Optimization and Education for a uh, very large regional welding supply company in the Pacific Northwest. Um, And I specialize in uh, procedure development, welding education, uh, weld testing, and uh, welding research and development. So I, you know, have an opportunity uh, through Lincoln Electric to travel across the country and do... um, hands-on training events at schools kind of uh, of my choosing and you know my relationship with scott has been uh, really awesome i came out here uh, last year with a, a tour that i did called weld labs um with another industry professional and i uh, thought it would be a good idea to come back and you know kind of follow up on what we started
0: that's awesome that's so cool and uh so I. Right. Did I hear Scott correctly? Is are you there to help prep for an upcoming competition?
3: Yeah. So, um, one of the students is headed to skills USA. And one of the things that we've done is kind of just work through the real world, you know, just the problems that, that you face when you get to an event like that, you know, how to set the machine, you know, what are the things that are going to come up? Um, you know, how do you, how do you adjust the machine? How do you handle? you know, what, what's about to happen. So, um, we try and keep things as, uh, yeah, as realistic as possible. And we've just been running a lot of test plates and giving feedback in real time and, you know, a lot of, a lot of time looking over, looking over the shoulder. That's great. That's great.
0: So Scott, uh, first question I have for you today is with that unbelievable experience that you have, what inspired you to take this role in a manufacturing education program? So
2: I'm directly like out of manufacturing. My, my whole career I've learned through the trade, no college education, straight through the trade. Um, came up under the tutelage of my father and a lot of really, really smart people. that have that old school, you know, work, work, work mentality. Sure. Um, once I had gotten my uh, CWI, I started to do more testing and working with welders. And with the way the economy is and the amount of welding jobs that are coming up, like I noticed that we were getting younger guys, and there was a—I don't want to say—maybe call it a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And you know, doing a something as simple as a two G groove, welding was very difficult and you know the company that i was working for at that time it said what are we going to do i mean you were you would have 10 applicants and out of 10 applicants you might have one that was good so you and if you had five positions you could go through as many as 50 people which was really hard to find Mm -hmm. and then we were starting to see a group of kids coming out of school and like they had a basic skill set but It wasn't quite there got it so i decided when i got this this is how do i help and so there's two programs at this school that we have two welding programs okay and the other teacher was a friend of mine and they were adding the second program and he says well why don't you throw your hat in the ring and let's see what happens i said okay and i came through their i came through their process and we we got going and and here we are today and my goal with these kids is to make sure that they have an understanding of what's going to be coming at them as in new technology proper well procedures how how to read them understand them and execute um their skill yeah we do a lot of bending here we do a lot of fillet well breaks we do a lot of macro so, and we're look, constantly looking at welds. We're doing a lot of fabrication. Currently, my senior class has just started doing stuff for a fundraiser for Skills USA to help raise the money for these guys to go compete to help bring the cost down.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've got a little bit of collaboration from the rest of the students uh, to to see uh, others succeed in, in these competitions, huh? Yes. That's awesome. So, Scott uh, – what you you mentioned the the technology of the future of welding what does that look like what what do you think is coming down uh that that these students that are coming through your program uh are going to be uniquely uh trained to face
2: well ah, uh, would be perfectly honest with you. this technology is evolving very rapidly i mean we, we're we're talking cobots now robotic welding laser beam welding problem is is you're getting into manufacturing and you're not having enough people to cover a lot of these positions. So there people like Lincoln are using a lot of Cobots and that they're they're trying to help find other ways to offset by maybe taking students in that and giving them those opportunities to learn this stuff so they could go in and help a company. We have, like I said, I'm a fairly new program. so, when we built this, we built this on what is the next ten years look like, got it. and we went with a lot of power wave technology, where we can use waveforms. We're all in one machines, and you know, it's just here's a flip of a button, and we are doing our thing.
0: Yeah,
2: um, you know, as for the as for the technical side of that aspect, I would almost refer that to Nate. He's got way more. He's way more in depth with that stuff than I currently am. I mean, as for the newer technology, I'm, I'm still behind him
3: on it. So like, he's <laughs> onto it before I am. So Nate, why don't you tell him what you, what you're seeing? Well, I think like a couple things are happening in the industry. Just like Scott said, the technology is, you know, becoming more and more prevalent in our industry. And it's kind of funny because, you know, a lot of the older school folks in the industry are like, man, you know, these kids in their damn phones and, you know like nobody you know everybody's got a screen in front of them and well new welders have screens Do cobots have tablets attached to them and um that kind of stuff is a lot easier for the next generation of uh of welders sure and you know so having a having a program that has welders with screens that has cobots that has this new technology in there it gives you know, the students a leg up on what to expect out in the industry. Um, there's a lot of programs out there that are te- still still spending a year teaching stick welding, and mm-hmm. you know you can go out. You know you could spend I mean, not not the stick welding is not a good thing to learn, but mm-hmm. um, you know you can spend a year in a school learning stick welding, and then you get put in front of a machine that's a MIG welder. Sure, uh, it's just there's a there's a disconnect there. So you know where Scott really shines in this space is you know he's come from the industry he's worked in this area he understands the needs that the industry faces because he was a welder in the industry and now he's doing inspection so he knows you know his he has expectations for what people need to be doing when they come out of school or when they come into a to apply for a position and he applies that knowledge to you know equipment selection and you know lesson planning and that kind of stuff so that's kind of why I'm here is because I've kind of made a career out of uh, showcasing welding technology. Um, um, so, yeah.
0: Very cool. And, and so is Noah and Mika there with you right now? Yes, yes right. I am. Here. Awesome. So uh, Noah, Mika, as, as current students, what motivated you to to join this program uh, and, and really How do you think the program's training you so far for the future?
4: Um, well, I didn't really have any motivation. It was just, I wanted to do it. (laughs) It's something I knew I wanted to do. I had an inspiration that I saw in a U.S. history textbook and now I'm here.
0: Wow. Okay. And was that Noah? Yes. Okay. And Miko, what what was your, why, how did you get into this program?
5: Um, I mean, I started off, um, learning how to weld when I learned how to blacksmith, um, huh. and i I was doing that a couple of years before I was sitting in my counselor's office when I figured out about the Womoko programs. And she gave me a pamphlet and said, which one do you want to do? And I was looking over it. And at first I, I didn't know what welding was until I looked over a couple of videos, like what a real welding was. True. And then I looked over what it was and I remember coming back to her. And I was like, I want to do this program, she, but I was like, I want to know what they do in there first. So I remember she had she had contacted the counselor here, and then got a few information, and they sat me down and they talked me through it. And I was like, I want to do this. This sounds absolutely amazing.
0: That's awesome. And so, what have both for you, Mika, and for Noah? Uh, what have been some of the biggest challenges uh, that you faced? getting involved in this program or, uh, you know, learning this, this trade, uh, over the last, you know, couple of years.
4: It's definitely been a lot of paying attention. Plus the things I've learned about myself, the cockiness and being humble, very important. Something a big lesson that Mr. Prince has been teaching me for the last two years. <laughs> I
6: still
0: haven't gotten a hold of it. <laughs> what about you, Mika?
5: Um, It's taught me a lot of patience. I have really bad anxiety and I'll like get myself really worked up about something. And and then because like welding, you have to be like super patient with certain things and you just got to let it go the way that it goes sometimes. And I've it's not only taught me patience, but it's also helped me manage my own my own mental mentality with this whole thing. It's it's been able to help me like keep us keep a calm mind, but not only not like rush through things.
0: Okay, and, and Noah, you were recently just hired on somewhere. Is that, is that correct?
4: Yep, I was hired on at ProTech as a apprentice.
0: Fantastic, and and how long is that apprenticeship program? It is going to the end of the school year. Very cool. Just Very cool. It. So what what's next then, uh, Noah? What's what's next for you after the apprenticeship program? <coughs> but do you have uh, companies that you're looking to join, uh, and if so, what? what what does that look like? What does your role look like? What kind of company are you looking to join? Well, I don't really have any companies in mind. I
4: was hoping that I could maybe stay at ProTech if they consider it. Okay. But other than that, I really had no other idea beside starting my own little welding
0: business and going to do odd jobs for my uncle. Okay. And Mika, what's next for you after, after you graduate?
5: I, I've not really thought about it yet. I've been looking at uh, the Lincoln electric school out in Ohio. I've also been looking at a couple of other trade schools. I've, I don't, I don't really know yet off the top of my head. It's either that or I'm going to try to go straight into the workforce, but that's if I don't, that's if I'm not dead set on a trade school.
0: Sure. So, uh, what advice Mika do you have for companies looking to hire, uh, young welders. Uh, what, what, what are people like you and, and Noah looking for as you go into the workforce? Uh, what, you know, as far as, uh, you know, this is a manufacturing culture podcast. So we're talking about culture of organization. So how, how can companies frame their culture to attract young uh, professional welders like yourself?
5: So give us just give us a chance. We always got we always got to start somewhere. Sure. No matter where we are, we always gotta start somewhere.
0: Okay, Noah?
4: Pretty much what she said, she summed it up.
0: All right, so Scott, uh, how do you measure the success of uh, the program there? And what kind of goals do you have for continual growth and development of the program?
2: So I don't look, I look at victory for me is when I see, these kids pass a band test or they go to work. That's, mm-hmm. that's the victory that I have, because if they've made it that far, then I know that they got the right tools and I don't have to really worry about it. They, they know they can always call me and they know that I have their back. Sure. Um, you know, my job, I, I push them like I was pushed. Okay. And that's where, you know, I, 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 when I see that success, Like when they give you your first set of bends and they're clean, you know, or they're, look, I built this project and it looks amazing. You know, that's, that's, that's success. That's winning. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like I have anything to prove to anybody. I just want these, I want to have relationships with these kids. Like, you know, one of the biggest things I tell them, it's, it's okay to fail. Sure. Because you're gonna learn from you're gonna learn from your mistakes. You know, if nobody failed, I mean we wouldn't have what would what would you have? Right. Yes, you know, and I I fail. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I, I I tell them, you know, I make mistakes. Yep. Okay. I and I learn from them. You know, this isn't about always just welding too. I mean, we we incorporate lot of life lessons into this and that was one of the things that was brought to my attention when i first started this you know it's not all about what goes on in that shop too it's about what how you can apply it to life
0: yeah i like it i like it uh nate i want to go back to the the evolution of of the welding industry sure uh, what specific skills or knowledge do you feel is absolutely critical uh, for young people to have to be successful in, in this industry moving forward?
3: Um, you know, I think that just having you know having an open mind. Um, I mean, it's kind of it's it's kind of like two sided. Um, I think that you know industry needs to give younger kids a chance um and you know give them an opportunity for success listen to what they have to say because they're coming from outside the box and there's a lot of really good ideas that that come from that space mm-hmm. um you know and if they don't do that i mean it just you get stuck into this the way you know it's the way we've always done it kind of space and that's not a good space to be especially if you're trying to be uh, a competitive Business, sure. so um, you know, I feel that that businesses really need to kind of learn how to, you know, to adapt to what the next, you know, what the next generation looks like. Be yeah. maybe a little bit more open to uh, to new technology, or you know, hearing hearing what some of these younger folks have to say. Um,
0: well, especially if they're if they're seeing this new technology in their Programs, right? I mean, yeah. they they can go into some of these shops. At, at least here in Phoenix, it sounds like the technology that that your students out there are are utilizing and learning on is light years beyond some of the weld shops and fab shops that are that are here in, in Phoenix and that I walk into almost every day.
3: Yeah, and that's very true. That's one of the reasons why then I, why I'm here. I mean, um, I have a whole. Series of videos we shot uh, five videos last year for Weld Labs. Um, we did a kind of an educational tour, and you know, in these five schools, you know, there was an, an enormous range of skill in in the instructor. I mean, every every instructor was was I would say you know highly skilled, but some some instructors were brand new, some instructors you know had years of welding experience um some instructors had huge budgets for their sure. program and then other instructors had you know barely enough money to cover just the metal and it's like <laughs> hey you know we can't we can't be running through a bunch of coupons in this class you know even though you guys are here to teach you, you, we just don't have we just don't have the metal to to yeah. last the whole year so um you know some uh, another way that that um potential uh employers or whatever can uh you know can help Kind of uh, bridge this gap would be reaching out to local schools and supporting the local schools. Whether it's you know providing them with um, you know support on a I don't know like their advisory board or providing them with scrap metal or just going in and, and kind of setting those expect you know expectations for what they're uh, what they're after and what they want. You know what what they'd like to see coming out of these schools sure. you know and if they're not getting students that that are up to snuff or up to par rather than just complaining about it you know go jump on one of these advisory board meetings um you know with the board of education because the board board of education is not a bunch of people that <gasps> that weld you know these are these are educational folks right and you know they don't necessarily know and i mean this is a big problem trying to figure out you know how do we bridge this gap
0: yeah Absolutely. So, Scott, uh, along those veins, uh, what kind of support do you receive from local businesses or uh, industry leaders? I, I know you've got Nate there and, and his partnership, um, but what else, what other support do you have um, oh, from God, industry nice. and, and local business there?
2: So, um, a local company, Corp has been very good to us, donating steel and time. Um, training with the you know having some of their guys work come in and work with these guys um i have another business called Doc hardware they build the docks and they give us like all their scrap pieces i got a giant fan of scrap outs out <laughs> in my my shop that the kids can just go and use and work and train and um that's cool yeah i mean shauna products has been another one the their their testing department will come in and put time in and do like visual inspection with the kids and show them you know, things in a a wild that are bad and they'll donate pipe and stuff like that for the kids to practice on.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Um,
2: I just wanted to let you know as well that Sierra and Marissa have arrived.
0: Hello, Sierra and Marissa.
6: Hello. (laughs) Uh,
0: So I've got one more question for Scott then I've got a a question for you two. So hang tight one second. Scott, talk to us about the availability uh, of internships uh, or apprenticeships there. Um, you know, Noah's got one set up through the end of the year, the school year. Um, what other opportunities are you seeing, and, and do you need more of that uh, out there? I because I, I know in Phoenix that's something that we're we're constantly struggling with. We're constantly trying to get businesses to take. Uh, apprentices and take and provide internships how's that going for you guys in new york there
2: um so we have a variety of different avenues we can take uh, believe it or not a lot of the the union halls are very active in our programs they like we have career days and stuff like that they will come in um Local 46 has been very good with us out here as the sheet metal workers union.
0: Okay.
2: Um, believe it or not, that's where Sierra and Marissa are now. Oh, really? And, yeah, they're in their apprenticeship program. Very cool. Um, Local 13 has been very good with us. Um, we have the RTMA, the Rochester Tooling Machining Association. Mm-hmm. They have uh, Finger Lakes Youth Apprenticeship Program where they do like company matching and stuff. Um, uh, Marissa was involved in that last year. She went to work for Acro Industries and the year before that Sierra was the one of my first students. She was involved in in that apprentice program as well. That's you where know, the companies come in and they would static. they would come here one day a week and they would go there for four days wow. and they would work either before school or after school however their um however their schedules let.
0: Wow, that's very cool. So Sierra and Marissa, along those uh, that line there, how do you feel uh, as graduates, this program and, and really uh, technical education in general is, is preparing students for opportunities and, and jobs uh, out in the industry?
6: Um, I think it's preparing us really well. I mean, the program pretty much turned my whole life around. Um, s- since I had both both these teachers, um, since Scott came in my first my first year, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely nice having two different teachers to, you know, they each both know a different side of welding. like Scott is definitely more of the technical side since you have your CWI. And he train he can actually train us and get us ready for like cert testing and practice on cert testing. And it's definitely helped going out into the actual field because I know what to expect. And it's not just welding T joints anymore, it's <laughs> welding everything.
0: That's awesome. And was that Sierra? I'm sorry. Yes. I'm I'm learning the sound of voices. uh the joy of not having you guys on the screen in front of me so marissa how do you feel uh the the program set you up
1: well the same thing as sierra welding literally turned my whole life around i came in blindsided of what i was doing because i came in late actually and prince started around the same time i did and he guided me every step of the way he helped me get go out into the field and get a job for my internship he helped me get a job now through the union um i mean the program altogether is just life altering like you got to think of it and look at it in all directions all scenarios and if you don't you're just you're not going to get it
0: so you both have said that this was life altering, right? Change your life, life altering. Yes.
6: yes. How please. so?
0: T- tell me your story. I mean, uh, that, that's a bold statement to make. Tell, tell me how this <coughs> changed, changed your life.
6: Um, so I guess starting straight from scratch, um, school has never been a strong thing of mine. It was very hard for me, struggling, and I always knew I wanted to come to BOCES. And to start, I was not originally in the welding program. I was in a computer technology program. I came home the first day. And of course my mom was out of town and my dad had to deal with my emotions. And I started bawling my eyes out to him saying, it's something I don't want to do and all that. And actually my friend at the time was like, oh, you should try welding. You seem like you'd be good at it. And I talked to the people at womoko they got me in to tour the classes and the first day they put me in welding. And I told them, I said, this is what I want to do. This is going to be my future. And ever since I got into welding, my grades went up at the time. <laughs> I looked forward to actually coming to school. It wasn't a dreadful thing.
0: Wow. And
6: since I've made a career out of it.
0: So the career chose you and that was Marissa, right? That was Sierra. Sierra, Sorry, uh, Sierra. The the career chose you
1: in a way, I guess. Yeah,
0: wow. What about you, Marissa?
1: So, I went to Spencerport High School and they do a tour of Wamoko, I guess you could say. Yeah, and you get to pick two classes to look at one was welding, the other one was auto body. So, I sat there during the welding, I watched everybody grind, I watched them cut, I watched the welds. I'm like, man, this is just so fascinating. It was just, it, I was in love from day one. It's like, I just met my best friend.
2: Wow. Oh, gee, thank you. Oh, you're
3: welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because like uh, like hearing this, this is Nate, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's really funny hearing this because this is exactly what happened to me. Like I knew that I wanted to be a welder though, but I struggled in school and I was excited to get up and go to school in the morning. Cause I got to go to a welding class and it, you know, helped me get through school. Wow. Um, and I don't know, welding, it's like, I hear this all the time. Like everywhere I go, all across the country, yeah. you know, I run, like, I hear that like kids aren't motivated and they're not really, you know, like, yeah, maybe some of them aren't, but for a lot of them, like, yeah, like welding kind of saves you. That's awesome.
0: Mika, mean, Mika and Noah, did you have a similar experience?
1: You yeah, yeah. Um,
5: I definitely did. I've always struggled in school, um, and I, I, I personally, I, I just don't like going to, like, a normal school. Never <laughs> have, and I probably won't for the next two months, but... Um, they initially it got funny because initially my school was like they when they said let's try you in boces um for the longest time i was iffy about it because i didn't i didn't know what it was about and i was i had this like kind of fear of like what if i didn't like it and i was stuck in it um but then then they showed then they showed me the program then they told me the program like what it was about and then i was like okay this might i was like i was really interested in it and then this is the same thing with Sierra. As soon as I got into this, my grades started to get a little better, and then they got a lot better in my junior year. And they're 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 okay now, but <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of senioritis. Ability, <clears throat> yeah, ability, but I used to graduate them. But my grades have definitely improved, and my actual mental state going here has definitely improved. just knowing that I have a place to go like this because it's it just interests me so much.
0: That's awesome. How about you, Noah?
4: It's been pretty good. Always <laughs> wanted to be a welder. And I didn't never really like school either. Okay. I wanted to be a welder. So I came here and then finally got the chance to go out to work. And I actually started my job this week, started a Tuesday.
0: Congratulations. I, walked in that
4: shop. I was like a little kid walking into FAO Schwartz, jaw <laughs> to the floor, super excited to start. I had an amazing first day.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome, man. So, Scott, how many students do you have? Uh, so there's eighty.
2: There's about there's roughly eighty in the program total. I have, I have just about half.
0: Okay. And, and so, how many are juniors versus uh, graduating seniors each year?
2: So this year, I've got roughly twenty seniors, and I have i i started the year with 18 juniors i lost a few because this just wasn't for them okay um so i've got like 13 now um and they're all doing exceptionally well that's like awesome Man, they do their work we go to the shop we we pick things apart this week i think we've destroyed more pieces of metal than i i ever have <laughs> but they, sorry <laughs> <laughs> no that's fine <laughs> um you know it's but it's been a good thing i mean they're taking interest they're asking questions and if i don't have the answer to that question i don't lie to them i'll tell you i'll get back to you and i'll go find it that's what that's what my job is when people ask me like you know i've got three kids at home i've got a son in the navy i've got a uh I've got a, a middle boy. He's does, She's a shy. He's he's working on his culinary, and my youngest one is doing cosmetology. And then I have my other kids. And if you get to one you'll be like, "How many kids do you have?" Depending on where I'm at, I'll tell you I got three or I got thirty.
0: <laughs> I like it.
2: And I like it. I will give these guys that kind of. Grief, too. I mean, like I said, it's life lessons in here, not yeah. all about welding, it's life lessons. And as you see, there's three girls sitting here with me.
0: I, yeah, and these yeah. three
2: girls, no disrespect to you, Noah, have excelled immensely.
0: That's so cool.
2: They, when you look for a welder, you should look if you should look for a female if you got if there's one of them. They pay attention to a lot of detail and they're very smart and they adapt very well. Not to say that Noah doesn't do an exceptionally well job because he does. But if I had to take a group to war with me, I'm sitting with them all right now.
3: Wow. And that's I'll say that too. You know, it's kind of funny because it's like, you know, it's like women, uh like women's mm-hmm. month, you know, and everybody's promoting like women in the trades and, and all that stuff. Every single school that I go to has a girl in the class, and she's probably the best welder in the class. Wow. And I'm not, I'm not just making that up. I'm not just saying that. It just, it it's not its not on accident. Like
6: I just wish more women weren't afraid to get into the trades. Yeah. yeah. Because men nowadays in shops don't like it. Yeah, they tough. are afraid of being overruled by a woman. Or they really come home crying.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
6: so <laughs> this, it, it sucks that we have to go through so much yeah. crap to be able to do what we want to do. So I wish, you know, I wish trades just in general were promoted more in high schools instead of go to college, go to college. But on top of that, I also wish women weren't so afraid to get into trades.
0: I agree. I'm part of the, I graduated high school in 97. I was one of the last uh, classes in my high school to have shop, right? We had, it was called metal shop and wood shop back then. And I was one of the last fortunate enough to have that, but I was also at the same time, one of the first classes to be told that everybody needs to go to a four-year university, right? And so you've got this entire generation uh, of uh, people who, Uh, didn't, didn't look at trade, but what I'm finding and and Nate, this was going to be my next question to you. How are you finding that some of this, my generation, right? That, that, uh, gen X, I guess, how are they affecting um the amount of students that are are going into skilled trades programs um yeah
3: Yeah, that's a great that's a great question and that's one of the like that's kind of my biggest mission is to try and solve this this problem because you know welding and welders and trades people of all kind are looked at as like the dumb kids for some reason and yeah or like the dirt yeah exactly and that was the same when I was in school like when I told my guidance counselor and teachers that I wanted to be a welder, they're like, huh, yeah, that suits you. Cause I was like working for like a roofing crew, you know, at the time. And they're like, yeah, no shit, you're gonna be a welder. Like, <laughs> you get it, you know, like you're not, you're barely passing class. Right. But they painted me into this box that I wasn't this smart kid, even though I love science and math. And it's like, I just, your, your science and math teachers even, that when they hear that you're working in the trades, they don't necessarily, not my science teacher, but other Mm -hmm. science teachers and math teachers and stuff, when they hear you're gonna work in the trades, they're like, they don't really push you on that educational side or whatever, but trades people are, it's it's never ending problem solving. That's what it, like, that's what it is. You have to be smart. You have to be able to think on your feet. Um, And so I'm trying to change Kind of the the narrative to guidance counselors and teachers and parents that like if your son or daughter or whatever wants to become a, a tradesperson, that's that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing, and we need that yeah. um, because I feel like a lot of parents, if if us if their son or daughter came home and said, "I want to be a welder," they're like, "Well, I thought you were going to be a dentist, or I thought you were going to go to college, or whatever," and they. And it's it's hard for someone that's 16, 17, 18 years old to to face that that pushback from people and like we can't pretend that it doesn't exist. Right. Um, so as the weld scientist, I'm doing air quotes here. <laughs> I feel that I, I, I need to, you know, since I have a voice in the industry, I need to promote the fact that this is not a, 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 an industry of dumb people. This is an industry full of like smart, hardworking people. And it's something that we need to pay attention to. So I yeah. agree. Go ahead. I,
6: I just graduated in 2021. And I remember the day I told my school that I wanted to switch into the welding program. I remember the, this one person saying, you're not going to succeed. Wow. And now I like to show my success on Facebook and all that because I can be like, yeah, look at me now.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, I just, I, I just <laughs> I, I just thought, of Porsche, <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally, you know, and I thought about posting it. I was like, oh, no, I don't want to post it. But then I posted it and I, I was just like, you know what? I'm like, if I can do it and I started in a high school welding program, it's just like, man, like in your face.
0: Absolutely. So uh, Mika, Marissa, Sierra, uh, this question's 100% for you guys. Um, And I think that it's unfortunate that you have to work harder than anybody else in the program or in the workplace uh, because of your gender. I think that's a, a shame. How do you think companies in industry can adjust and be more inclusive of women welders moving forward to to get more young women interested in in the trade itself
6: honestly it's kind of more like it's hard to explain but it's not really like they can do anything it's more the people that work for the company that okay. do not want to be there like being sexually harassed I my old company it happened on a daily basis and you want to know what that company did absolutely nothing for me
0: Wow. Well, that's so, one thing they could do. I mean, I mean, could, yeah,
6: they can try and do something more about it. But it's like, if it's a whole group of people, they're not going to fire a whole group of people just to keep one person.
0: Wow. So, what about the other two?
6: It's also like, no matter where you go, you're going to have to work hard. I just wish a lot of companies wouldn't base everything on gender. It doesn't matter about gender. Women can live the same as men if they wanted to. I just yeah. wish that everything was equal. Like we shouldn't have to work 10 times harder than half the men we work with just to prove ourselves. Like men sit there, do absolutely nothing on their phones all day, but yet they're getting, they're getting rewards left and right. And we're sitting here busting our butt.
2: Yeah. What about you, what do you think?
1: (laughs) I mean, it's, it's definitely hard trying or being a woman going into a pretty much all man's trade just to prove yourself and other people that you can do it. You can push yourself this hard. You can lay this beat and make it look better than the men's who don't pay attention or who don't, or just fiddle around all day. You, ha- It's so much harder because it's so much pressure. And then all the guys just look at you like, what, what are you doing? And you're like, well, I got to do this because if I don't, like, what are you going to do? Like, it's just it's very different being a woman compared to a man in a shop with a whole bunch of men because they just look at you like you're like littler than them even though you are but it's still like the point like i can do the same thing you can
2: and what i feel bad for in industry right now is that these two girls are working together side by side every day I, I pity the guys that decide they want to take them on. I'm pretty sure I'll know, and I'll be like, that a girl.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so, guys, uh, last question for the, for all four students here. Did you have any issues with parents giving pushback uh, about your decision to, to join the trades? Oh, my God
5: um it's not really from my parents um my family a little bit yeah like my grandma my grand my grandparents especially they were they were scared but they they were more scared of the fact that because i'm a female and i'd be going into a quote-unquote male's trade
1: yeah and
5: then and then i have another grandparent who's just horrified of the fact that i could because in this trade it is very dangerous and you could get really hurt if you're not paying attention oh They, they, they were scared for like my own safety or if something could happen because something really could happen if I'm like not paying attention or the fact that I'm a female and a tiny one too. What
0: about the other three?
5: Um, I never really got any pushback. I was encouraged
4: by everybody, all my teachers, my family. My family's been trade pro. My dad's trade. My dad's side of the family is all trade. So I've been pushed to go into the trades. And I believed that I knew I didn't want to go to college. And so I saw that trades were the only option. So I went with it. Got it. I
6: got full support the whole way through. I came home, decided what I wanted to do. And my parents and my brother were like, go for it. Like, don't let anything stop you. So.
0: Good. I like it.
1: The only pushback I really got was from like teachers and everybody else. They, they would look at you like you're gonna be a welder. Like that's really what you wanna do forever. And I'm just like, yeah, that is what I wanna do forever. Everybody else supported me like everybody. And my grandfather was a welder so it's not like my family wasn't used to it. So same with me, it's mainly
6: the school that was a pushback but for my family it was full support.
0: Got it, got it. Um, Scott, Nate, any parting comments for the listeners of the podcast today no i'm the
2: only thing i would tell everybody is whether you know you're you're changing careers or you're starting young like these guys if it's what you want to do follow what you follow your belief and your passion don't do something that somebody else thinks you should do i i firmly believe that if you want to be a machinist or an electrician or a welder, you go and you try that. I mean, in the worst case is what you thought it is you didn't like and you try something different. But follow your passions.
3: Don't let anybody
2: dictate your path.
3: Awesome. Nate? Yeah. Um, I just really appreciate the opportunity to, um, you know, be on the podcast and, you know, talk to these students and stuff. And I think that, yeah, I mean, just what was said here is like a reflection of what I'm seeing across the country. And, you know, we need to get this story out there so that more people kind of understand that, you know, this is the reality that we're facing and yeah. you know, the more people that we can get involved, the, you know, sooner we can kind of solve this problem. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So listeners, that's a wrap for today's episode of the Manufacturing Culture Podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Scott and Nate and the students uh, as, about the importance of manufacturing and manufacturing education and some of the challenges and struggles that they go through and, and what they're looking for out of their future as much as I enjoyed talking to these people today. Um, if you have any questions for Scott, for Nate, for the students, feel free to reach out to me at manufacturingculturepodcast.com. Join us again next time for another episode of the Manufacturing Culture Podcast, where we'll continue to explore the company cultures in the world of manufacturing. Until then, have a great day and keep making things.